This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Is, is underneath it all. Foundation really establishes uh, uh, how high, how wide, how far uh, our lives will go. You can tell uh, what the house is going to be by the foundation. And the foundation is what everything else rests upon. It's very, very important. It's actually the most important part of the structure of the home. And you know, we're called individually and also corporately the house of God the home of God. Amen. So God is building lives. And he starts with the foundation. So right here at the first of the year, we've done a uh, series on uh, foundations and uh, marking four cornerstones. It's a four-part series. This would be the last uh, cornerstone, the last part of this. And I want to remind you of the first uh, of the first one being the cornerstone of the Word of God and having a, and these are really based on very practical things on our part of what we do in interaction with God. Don't ever have to worry or, or question whether or not God will do His part. His part's already done. He's just seeing that through. And that comes to us uh, at the appropriate and the appointed and the set times of growth and maturity in our life. How many of you know we're supposed to grow up? Maybe you know the training that we receive, the elementary basic trainings that we receive in childhood hold us in good stead all of our lives. Now, you notice that the world teaches us that our environment is what, uh, you know, is what establishes our, uh, you know, our position and our perspective in life. I, I, I think it has something to do with it, but I think if, if God is on the inside, that the environment... Uh, uh, will be overcome. The environment can be overcome. Are you listening? Amen. And that the environment is not the thing that establishes our lives. It is the uh, it is God uh, who can build the proper foundation for a life that is purposeful and useful and will honor and glorify Him and a life that's worth living. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to let the devil lie to me. I'm not going to let people, I'm not going to let the circumstances lie to me uh, that this is all there is, that this is who I am, that this is what I have to accept. The Bible does not teach us that. The Bible teaches us that we are in Him. New creations. The old things are passed away. And now everything has the possibility of brand newness and all of the new stuff is from God. I don't care what the old stuff is from the devil. That does not define me. Are you listening? I'm not going to let people define me politically. I'm not going to let people define... Are you listening? Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to let people uh, uh, define uh, uh, me as far as my education is concerned, my race, my background, my family history. Are you listening? You may come from, you know, say, well, you don't know my family. Well, listen now, when you got born again, you got a new family. Amen. And, and there, who you are on the inside is a whole lot more important than who you ever were or is on the outside. Amen. 
The Bible says Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, only male nor female, only a new creation in Christ. Well, you're seen, you're seen as brand new in Jesus. Amen. That's the foundation, fundamental uh, faith in God, belief that we have. Amen. And if you're not in Him, you can get in Him today. Amen. Come on and get on up in here with it. Uh, cornerstone number one, the Word of God, daily Bible reading, a plan, and follow that plan that's doable and practical for our lives. Nothing will benefit you more. There's no better thing that you can do. Get this built in. It needs to be built in, a daily interaction with the Word of God at a personal level. All right? Cornerstone number two, prayer. Make prayer uh, a a personal practice uh, in our life. Prayer prepares. And to be prepared gives us the edge, the advantage. And when we have the edge and the advantage, we will be successful and able to advance. Let me say a little something about prayer uh, there. Um, you know, you, prayer prepares. What does that mean? Makes things ready. Makes things ready. Uh, Pastor Sandy and I were, I, you know, I don't know why I've been thinking about this lately, but I, I just have, it's, it's almost three years ago in May that we were traveling on Interstate 65. And you could honestly say, you know, I, I, would, I would say I was not prepared uh, for uh, what happened there. We, we were uh, rear-ended uh, by another vehicle doing 70 miles a, hour the car immediately you see pictures of the car i mean the car just went over and over and end for end i know at least three times because every time that our heads hit the uh you know you're just like a rag doll in there and every time your our head hit the uh ceiling you know sandy yelled out jesus 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 reason why i like changing the 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 words to that song is i know a strong God and I know a great God that and, and, and even just until now I've always used the name of Jesus but I'm going to tell you what that very moment you know just that making his uh, name a prayer I'll tell you what I'll tell you God you talk about God running shotgun I mean it was like not today devil we should have died in that but that, that was the devil's full intention if it didn't kill us in the crash, he intended to burn us alive with the gasoline and diesel fuel that was running down and underneath the car and permeating the environment and atmosphere there. But in a moment, so when you say the name of Jesus, it is, it, is, uh, all of, it is his full authority and ability. Who he is and what he has and what he does. Now, I'm going to tell you, there was a, a brother uh, that... Uh, that uh, belongs to our, uh, that attends our, our uh, sister church uh, down in Montgomery, was in the line of traffic. And this is way down near Evergreen, Alabama, down in that area. And his wife calls him on the phone, says, John, are you okay? Phyllis. And, and she said, because she said, for the last 15 minutes, she said, I have, God has arrested me. And she said, and, and I have been in deep, just intercession. I had to stop what I was doing, pull over. She was on her way to work, pull over in the car and prayed 
uh, just praying in the Holy Ghost, sensing something dramatic, something needed to be prayed through at that moment. She calls him. He's in the line of traffic that stopped because he goes, I don't know. He goes, honey, it's not me, but somebody has been in a bad wreck up in front of me and uh, uh, up in front of me in the, uh, uh, on the interstate here. Prayer and power, there's a connection between prayer and power. It is a cornerstone in our life. Amen. Amen. So no, we weren't prepared in the natural, but in the spirit we oh, have been prepared. Amen. Amen. Not just, listen, not just, uh, um, you know, not just ourselves, but thank God for belonging to a people, belonging to, are you listening? Because God can get to you. He can get to somebody in your tribe and in your clan that is available and makes that power available the moment you need it. You better get yourself in somewhere where the house is a house of prayer and where it's a serious thing. So when you are facing something serious, are you listening? I do not take for granted that every time I come to this place and experience this day, every day I breathe, if it hadn't been for some of the stuff that's in my life, I would have missed all of this. Maybe it was because of it just Thursday or whenever it was. I mean, on my way home, I go home that way every day. Every day. And they're stopped in traffic. And, you know, uh, we had to go out around. And there's, uh, you know, the, where a um, bunch of um, quarry rock had dumped in the road. And then I saw in the paper the next uh, day, yesterday, it was Friday, I think, and the next day, where a man was killed. He just lives over here beyond Jim and them and Hissa, 68 years old. You get in that stuff, and, and you know, you can't control it. He took his car off the road, rolled over, and killed the man. Hallelujah. Prayer, cornerstone. Amen. I, I, you know, I've been affected deeply with the Word and deeply with uh, prayer. We, we belong to a, a family. Of, uh, you know, Dr. Vickers, now they're, this very morning, they're memorializing in a, in a family private setting, but memorializing his, his younger brother who passed away uh, suddenly, unexpectedly uh, this week, his brother Tom, uh, Tommy. And... Uh, um, I say that because I, you know, uh, I know the man prays. I know he's prayed for me. I know he's prayed for lots of folks. He's prayed for the church. Amen. And it would be good right now if we could pray for them. So, Father, we lift this family to you. And we thank you that you are ever-present help in the time of trouble. And, Lord, during this time of trouble for them, be ever-present and be their help, all of their stay, in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. And I, uh, Dr. Vickers actually will be here um, the second Sunday uh, of March. Mark that on your calendar. You won't want to miss that. There will be a special time and a special impartation uh, uh, in the house. And uh, prepare yourself and prepare offering. Amen. It gives you some time to think about uh, that and to pray over that for prepare offering and uh, uh, and read Philippians 4 and 19 that's what we're going to put into practice and there's a special blessing 
that God has uh, for the house uh, in participating in the partnership that we have with our man and woman of God, Dr. and Denise Vickers. Amen. Cornerstone number three, church. Uh, I cannot live without the church. Amen. The church was what I was born into. The church is what I've grown up in. The church, are you listening? I'm not talking about naturally. I'm talking about my, my spiritual life. Church is a supernatural thing. Church has what? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's family. It's the family of God. It's, it's where, and I, I say something about, you know, we have a podcast, and uh, um, it, it's six of one half a dozen other for me. I, I, it's important that we have that so that we can make accessibility uh, easy uh, for folks uh, to uh, be fed the word of God if you can't be here and for many different times different ways a lot of times we're not able to be here but I heard the Lord say this to me he said you do realize don't you he said that that podcast is leftovers see because and, and you know the funny thing about leftovers is is that is that God pre prepares the meal for the family to come and be present personally. There's so much that happens while we're together yeah. personally. It's not in the leftover bag. Right. It's not in the doggy bag. It's not. It's not quite the same. It'll. It'll. You can. You know. Live from it. Are you listening? But you know. See, God doesn't do family like we do family. You know. Uh, today, where you know where you grab a Big Mac and through the drive-thru and on the way by the house, you pitch it on the counter and the kids are going to get that while you're over here and they're coming in from there and stuff like years ago used to be, you know, many, 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 many years ago when, uh, you know, when God first started, they, we ate together. And it wasn't about the food only. Of course it was about the expression of love and service and the food in the family context but it was about the people that were there doing what they do while we eat the food together just a little plug there all right so now listen i understand the logistics and all that kind of stuff but when you can be here don't miss out you know your 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 presence is required god wants to do special things uh in your life when you are amen just that way that's why I, I, I like to be personally present. Amen. Can't always, but, you know, most of the time we try. All right. Make a good effort to it. Now, cornerstone number three uh, is uh, cornerstone number four would be this service, a life of service. Jesus said that he came to serve and to give. Uh, he said the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. And in the earlier service, I'm going to do this illustration uh, very quickly here because it's very very simple it's something that we all know and understand here's a plate and a napkin and a cup that speaks of the uh, uh, of one measure of life here's a platter and a uh, apron and a pitcher and these are two different levels you can see what Jesus said in there one is is this is for us to be served this is another one to be of service would you agree? Amen. If Jesus came in the door this day, which one would he choose? I think he'd gravitate towards this because he's the same yesterday and today and forever. He came to serve. 
nothing wrong with being served, but I told them, you know, in the earlier service as well, that, you know, um, this you kind of got to pay for. This is your meals are included, and you get a paycheck for serving. Amen. And he said it was a happier life. It would be a more blessed life. It's more blessed to give or to serve than to be served and to, uh, and to not to give. Amen. Now, I, I want to uh, move beyond that just a little bit also and see this in, uh, you know, uh, the Bible says that God gives us gifts of, uh, of apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and those are to prepare God's people for works of service. Everybody say works of service. Do you know God's perspective? We've seen it in, in Jesus. And... Uh, and he wants us to grow up and to be prepared. And that growing up is preparations for works of service. One of the greatest examples that we have in the Bible is, is the life of Joseph. Now, why does God tell us about real people and, and his working? His, he, we see his will and his way in people's lives because uh, it says that... Uh, that those are examples for us. Those are patterns of how he does things. Now, Joseph was a favored son. He was a pet, and he was pampered. When Joseph came in uh, the house, uh, Jacob made sure, Joseph said, now, you get in this line, and we'll make sure that there are others over here that are going to take care of you because you're my pet, and I'm going to pamper you. And it's all about you, Joe. Come on, little Joe. While you're sitting there, he brought out the coat and put that on him, you know. And uh, I'm sure, you know, at different times he probably said, you know, Reuben, come, come on. Now, Joe needs his glass filled up. Come on now. Come on, Judah. Get on over here. Play a little song. He needs to hear, I want some happy music. Joseph, looking a little sad. And... Uh, you know, now he wasn't going to learn to serve in that context. So things happen. How many of you know things happen in life? When God has a plan for our life and we want to have that. Now listen, I'll tell you, this Joseph, he's quite a little fellow. Little Joe had dreams and in that dream, people were serving him. Even mom and daddy, all the brothers, they're serving me. Oh yeah, baby. I'm all that, a bag of chips, I mean a dill pickle, and a slab of ham. Ah, y'all, y'all don't know. Come on, Judah. <laughs> Come on, Simeon. You heard, Daddy. After all, I had the dream. Well, you know, and it was a dream from God. Well, if you're familiar at all with the story, some things happened. You know, uh, and Joseph wound up down in Egypt. And uh, he said later on that, that God had sent him there. It wasn't his brothers. wasn't the slave traders. It was God that had sent him there. Now, at first, I'm sure he didn't believe that because, you know, the, how he got there was little less than desirable. But when he got there, immediately God began his preparations for a life of service because he was sold as a slave in the Potiphar's house and he began to learn to serve. I'm sure that Potiphar was a wealthy government official, 
uh, he was in charge of Pharaoh's affairs and a certain governmental business. And I'm sure uh, that when Joseph looked at the fine china and everything like that, he remembered the days of his youth and he was tempted to pick this up. And Potiphar goes, hey, Joe, look here. This is your stuff, I understand. This is your portion. This is the side you live on. Now, Mrs. Potiphar, she, she gets this. You serve her. Anyhow. But, you know, uh, so the Bible says, though, that he was a prosperous man because God was with him. How was God with him? He was preparing him for a life of service. And, you know, things uh, progressed and he had a little trouble in the house. Sometimes, you know, there's trouble down in the world. Even when you're doing the right thing in the world, sometimes you get in trouble for doing the right thing because folks know a good thing when they see a good thing. And they want you to, they want to take advantage of that, you know. But, see, he's a man, what did he say? He goes, "Here's here's the thing that's starting to be built into him. Now, remember, he was a pampered pet. Life of the dreams were about his perspective was anybody, you know, everybody's going to serve me. It's all for me. It's about me. I am little Joe, soon to be big Joe to you. Well, you know, I mean, he could have justified, just do what she wants. He said, he said now how can, and I'm going to put it this way, he said sin against, but he could have said this way, I'm serving your husband. And I'm ser- more importantly, I'm serving God. How can I serve myself, yourself, when I'm serving God and serving your husband? Are you listening? That's the beginning. Well, it landed him and she lied on him. So how many of you know a woman will lie on you sometimes? I'm going to come right over here and say, how many of you know... Folk will lie on you sometime. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, uh, that tell you, don't fool with no devil woman. That woman will lie on you. Are you listening? Thing don't go her way. You'll have more trouble than you can handle. She'll, she'll get you. you go from bad to worse. Pay attention now, man. I mean, you know, them batting them eyes. Come on. Come on, son. We're going to have some fun. Run, boy, run. Well, he wound up down in prison, but the Bible says that God was with him there. What did he do there? He began to serve. Because, I mean, what else are you going to do there? You know, it's amazing to me now, some of the prisons that, that, that you know, in prison that we have. Now, I, I listen, listen, I'm not being mean to folks, but why why would we let folks just lay up and watch TV and feed them three squares, all that kind of stuff? They're not learning to serve. They're serving their time. It was serve God and serve people. Amen. That's the ultimate rehabilitation thing is, you know, give them some responsibility. Run things around here. Learn how life really works. We get up in the morning at a set time. We go pray, and we pray till that set time is over. Then we, then we read our word. Then we get up and we got something to do. We're going to work today. Are you listening? 
We're not going to pine away how, how we're a victim. We're going to overcome this and be, a, and be a victor, learn a skill, get educated. And we're not going to get educated, become a lawyer, and appeal our way to the Supreme Court and prove how right we are. Amen. All right, you want to be a lawyer, but then you're going to go to work in the, social ju in the, in the justice uh, system, and you're going to help people that don't have money to pay for a lawyer. Hallelujah. That's, what you, that's how you become a good lawyer. Amen. You serve those that can't help themselves. I could straighten it all out in a little while. It wouldn't take very long now. I'm just a farm boy, but you know, it wouldn't take long. A little common sense would go a long way in some stuff. Anyway, Joseph began to serve down in prison. You know, you just wouldn't think that promotion... comes to people that are prepared to serve. And provision comes as a result of providing a service to God and to people. Because when Joseph was fully prepared, then God was able to promote him. Now listen, and he served Pharaoh, and he really served the whole world, including the seed of the promise, which was his own family. But he had to be prepared. See, because little Joe was big Joe, and until he found out, no, you're just little Joe. I probably should just let the Holy Ghost just reign on us and, and settle this seed in. Amen. The church is about being the word, prayer, church, the foundation, the cornerstones of our life, uh, uh, serving, learning to live a life of service. Did you know that God, all the while, now that dream was true. There was going to come a time when people, including his father and including his uh, brothers, they absolutely did bow down to him. Amen. Because of the position that God raised him from, raised him up to the platform that God had given him. However, Joseph said this. He said, it, he said, it was God that sent me. And he said, he did that so that many could be saved. He had a whole different attitude towards his brothers and towards his mother and father. He realized, I am the servant of all of them. God called me to serve all of them. Yes. And the suffering, I didn't run from it. I couldn't. I was... How many of you found that you can't run from... Because there's, there's suffering in a world that, that is not self-sacrificing. It's self-indulgent. Amen. So there's suffering when we, when we go upstream. And we don't go into a restaurant and think that the greatest people there are the people waiting, pouring your water in a glass. But Jesus, him own self, he said, if you, in the kingdom, as far as the kingdom of God, wherever you go, the one that's serving is the greatest. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Amen. And service is honorable. Yeah. We live in a society now, it's too good to sweat. But you know, when life is, it's a life of service. It's a service. We're using all of this world's uh, vast resources in the service of God and the service of man. 
that our perspective now is whatever. I'm serving the purpose of God, which is for the people of God. Amen. Those that are His now and those that are becoming His. Isn't that right? We serve people that that, uh, are sometimes ungrateful. They don't know. Amen. They don't appreciate that you're out there riding that forklift and sweating and all that kind of stuff. Uh, ever, you know, but you're you're part of a great purpose of God redeeming mankind. How does what I do every day? Well, without me, this wouldn't get done. Walmart wouldn't have a shelf. And if there was no shelf, there couldn't be the product that there. And if there's no product, the person that wanted the product wouldn't wouldn't come in to get it. And if they didn't come in to get it, the people that were at the uh, the people that were at the service. Uh, uh, desk wouldn't be able to get or interact with them, and the people that at the sir and are you listening? If the people that at the service desk didn't interact with them, they couldn't have breathed a silent prayer. Lord bless them today. They need you, Jesus. That's all God needed was an invitation into their life. But see, if there was no effort, there wouldn't have been any Walmart. There wouldn't have been no Walmart. There wasn't the person, the product. There wasn't the product. There wasn't the person that needed it. There wasn't the person that needed it. There wouldn't be the person to wait on them and really serve them by praying a prayer. Because God just needs a prayer. Sometimes God just needs us to look and say, Jesus. Sometimes we just need to be moved out of a great desperation not just for ourselves, but when you... Have you ever been around somebody? And I mean just God just went, oh, your heart went out to them. You just say the name of Jesus, and Jesus says, that's all I need. I'm going to go to work in their life. I am going to access their life. I'm going to begin a thing. And the Bible says what God begins, He will absolutely complete. If He who began a work in you... Let me turn this just a little while again. Are you prepared for that kind of a life? See, then the, my Bible reading is different, isn't it? Come on now. Yeah. Then my praying becomes different, doesn't it? Yeah. Then why I go to church, are you yeah. listening, is different now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because it never was just about me and what people were, yeah. and my glory and my honor, yeah. and people saying, oh, what a, are you listening? It was because I was being prepared to serve the purpose of God. Amen. Joseph, in obscurity, some of you, Listen, till you get over, you need somebody to look at you. You need somebody to say, out of boy, out of girl. You need somebody to, oh, pretty, pretty. How wonderful you are. Till you get over that, God can keep you hidden. Keep working on you. Keep on preparing you. Listen, are you hearing? Listen, the highest place for you, you'll never access as long as you need all that other stuff. You want to be a pampered pet, you'll never get to the highest place God has for your life. Lord, Lord, preaching real good now, real quiet, real heavy in this house right now. Why? Because there's got to be a bigger and a greater and a stronger reason to get up and be who you are and do what you do and go after what you're supposed and to have what you have than just you for you. And there is. The good news is there absolutely is. Amen. But only a prepared people 
will ever walk in those kinds of prosperities. Wow. Real prosperity. Amen. See, because just silver and gold, and fame and fortune cannot redeem one person. But if the treasure that we have is this Jesus who came to serve and not to be served, amen, that we're quick to reflect him. We're responsive to reflect him, amen. And you know, it's a spiritual thing. It's an inside thing. It's a great spiritual thing. When we, when we, when we, when we're cognizant of that, when we're aware of that, amen. And I'll tell you what now, you know, it's a simple choice and a decision that, that we, we sing this song, it's really a prayer, amen. Oh, to, uh, to be aware of his presence. You'll never be more aware of his presence than when you're serving. The Bible says... Joseph was in Potter's first house, a slave, and it says, and the Lord was with him. He's a slave. He's a servant. He's the new kid even on the block. All right now. But it says God was with him. Yes. Where was God with him? In his servant. Yes. In his servant. Thanks. Amen. Some of you are trying to get anywhere but here. Because <laughs> you're better than that. I've been there, done that, amen. I'll tell you what, now you can put, a, you can put a, a, a boy that's born in overalls in a fancy suit, but he's still got overalls on the inside, amen. amen. And I learned, amen. I, I, I learned this scripture, it's better to get dirty and eat than to be too proud and starve to death, okay. amen. God quoted me that scripture when I remember I was a grease monkey down at a certain company you know, uh, uh, it was in the lumber industry, and one of my jobs was to grease the big machines and all that, and I hated it. Oh, I hated it. I was better than that. So I dressed me up in one of my best Sunday go meeting suits, black pinstripe suit, slim fit. I was slim back then. I mean, I looked good. I put on a yellow tie. I mean, white shirt, crisp, sharp. I went to car dealership after car dealership, you know. And they said, have you ever sold anything? I said, I'm selling me right now, son. You need to come on and hire me. You need to understand I got the goods, you know. Nobody would hire me. Matter of fact, the last guy, I mean, he really cut me down a notch or two, you know, and I felt so bad. I'm on the way home. The Lord quoted me that scripture. He said, boy, it's better to wear overhauls and be greasy and oily and dirty. I got you that job. Stay in that job. Amen. And I humbled myself and God, you know, and just served. I put me with a man that, you know, the, uh, the guy that hired me said, you just, everything he tells you to do, you do that. You're just here to do whatever he says. That's what you're here to do. Amen. And I stayed in there, you know, for uh, almost three years. God was preparing me for works of service because, see, when I first got there, I knew how to run everything. I should be telling him. I had a better idea about everything. It didn't matter what it was. And God put me with a man where he did not want. I learned real quick. There's one guy that told him he had a better idea. And I thought, and I learned real quick. No, 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 no. Don't tell Mr. Buck you got a better idea. Ain't nobody got a better idea than Mr. Buck. Just say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Mr. Buck would say to me, what do you think? I'd say, well, what do you think? He'd go on, and I'd say, well, you know, that's exactly what I think. Because Jesus told me that as a pastor of his church, in his church, to serve him, he goes, I don't care what you think, it's what I think. You don't have a better idea. I got the best idea. Amen. And it don't matter what you think about people. I can't tell you how wrong I've been about people all my life. Are you listening? Hallelujah. That's the truth. And I'm glad to say that because I know the people I've been wrong about are looking right back at me, and you've been wrong about me too. Amen. Praise the Lord. We all need mercy and grace, don't we? Did you get anything out of this today? How many of you believe God's preparing you for works of service? How many of you really like that? It's costing you something, isn't it? It's costing you to be prepared. It's costing you some of you in order to have more of Him. And you have to, it's not natural to embrace this. We're born with this little thing. It, it's, it's, it's a little circle inside of us called pride. And the more you feed it, the more it grows. Are you listening? Amen. I mean, it don't take very long. I mean, they're not this tall. And pretty soon they're banging their fork on the table. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. You're here to feed me. Feed me now. You know, go to the store. You don't get them what they want. I want that! I'm going to embarrass you to no end. You are going to look like a mean person. Ah! 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 I'm going to throw myself down. <laughs> Come on now. That's a picture of the church. <laughs> That's you and me. God, you know I hate this job. I hate these people. Ah! Ah! God, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to get up early in the morning. I hate the pastor tell me to do stuff like that. Ah! Ah! Jesus, just be nice to me. I'm special. You said I was. Why I gotta pray? Why I gotta go to church? Why I gotta sing the song? I hate the song. <laughs> ah! I'm having such a good time. I ain't had a fit in a while. Let me have my. Ah! <laughs> I don't want to wear those clothes, Jesus. Ah! <laughs> it's funny. But aren't you glad that as a loving parent, he just grabs our arm and, lets, and brings us in private? He goes, we're going to stay in private here. Amen? Because if I lick you in public, they're going to think I'm a mean God, but I'm going to adjust you, you understand? <laughs> you, you need to be adjusted. Praise the Lord. All right. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm so glad that Jesus said that. I'm so glad that probably during those 30 years that he was just going to church, just reading the word, just praying, just serving his mom and dad, just serving in the synagogue, just serving in the, in the community, that he probably referenced Joseph more than a time or two. Oh, yeah. 
You know it's true because at 12 years old, he took off on his own for a little stint. He was, he stayed behind. Mom and Daddy left and didn't know where he was. He's in the temple answering the questions, you know. And they were marveling at him. Oh, man, this 12-year-old, I'm telling you, he is, he is sharp. His mom and daddy come looking for him. And they said, son, why have you done this? He said, didn't you know I was supposed to be about my father's business? And the Holy Ghost said, not at 12, son. Not at 12. You go home with mama. You go home with daddy. Don't you never pull another trick like that. The Bible says he went home and he was subject to them. And he grew up in favor, grace, wisdom, amen, with God. But he had a little stint where, because he has to taste everything for us to be the captain of our salvation. He knows the temptation of that. And so that years later when the devil said, now look here, you're the son of God, right? You are, aren't you? Didn't you say you were? Well, if you are, then why don't you take the easy way out? You want all these kingdoms? I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give you the glory too, son. I mean, I'm gonna, you're going to get the glory, you're going to get the gold, and I got a few girls too that you might want. You can get the gold, the glory, and the girls. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not quite done, but Jesus was prepared. Because Jesus answered, he said, but you know what? He said, we're only going to serve God. And we're going to serve him only. Because I didn't come to be served. So I'm not tempted to be served. Because I know whose glory it is. I know why I'm here. And I'm not going to quit serving the purpose for why I came. Oh, my. God would tell us a whole lot more if, we felt, if he felt like we could handle it. But, you know, some of this is going to have to go into OJT which means the job you're on. Lord, I'm here to serve. What if Stephanie didn't get up in the morning and go in the mail truck? And somebody's not going to get the letter that brings the good news. Amen. She's a good news carrier. Amen. If they get mad at her for the bill, she didn't make those bills. They made those bills. That's their bill. She just delivered. She's just a mailman. But good news is if you pay it, you can... Still have lights. Everything serves its purpose. And when we, when we embrace that and, cooper, and cooperate with that, realize this, that God has a greater work. There is a high place. There is a promotion. If you're faithful with the little, and faithful is more than just I'm doing it. Faithful is that I'm doing it with my heart as service to God, and I'm serving these people. I'm a witness to these people of the goodness of God. Amen. And, and I'll tell you what. Now, God, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and God will exalt you or promote you and lift you up. Some of you have been scrambling and trying for promotion. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or from men. It comes from God. And you got to realize that when God gets ready for you, when you're fully prepared, when God gets ready for you, you might be in the prison. But Potiphar, are you listening? And the jail keeper and the butler, not the baker because something happened to the baker, but the butler, amen, all of a sudden your name will come up in high places. And all of a sudden you are the man now. Go get Big Joe. 
I heard you're the big shot. I heard you can interpret dreams. Come on, Big Joe. He goes, no, I'm little Joe. Only God can interpret dreams, but I'd be happy. You tell me what it is, and I'll be happy. God will answer you. Oh, my. I got to quit because we got to go. Don't despise your days of small beginnings. Don't despise these new foundations that God is laying in your life for faith in your life. You're more than you believe you are. You're more important than what you're doing in the natural world. But if you'll learn the lesson, I'm here to serve. Amen. And you'll serve, make the little things serve God. Listen, they'll come... There'll, there'll come a time... See, God, when you pass the test in the little ways, when the big test comes... And it's funny that big tests always come before the, with the promotion. Before you, get, before you can graduate, you've got to prove that you know what you've been taught. Jesus did, and we will too. Amen. Father, we thank you. Let me tell you one more story. President Nixon. I know he was a Republican. I know he had some trouble. Amen? But let me tell you something. When we stand up in front of God and hear the rest of the story, President Nixon, I believe, was raised up by God. Now, you know, remember he said, I'm not a crook and all that kind of stuff. doesn't matter. God uses all kinds of people. But President Nixon, it was back when Israel was having trouble. And there was a debate whether to arm Israel against her enemies or not. And President Nixon received a phone call from the Prime Minister of Israel asking them, uh, for asking the United States help. And President Nixon said his own account, his recall was that his mama had told him, she said, Dick, you're going to be used someday by God. She says, someday God is going to use you in a mighty way to help his people. Don't ever forget that. God has a plan for your life. And you're going to know when that moment comes. And in that phone call, he heard his mama's voice. Are you listening? Now, now being president of the United States is a pretty powerful thing. If he wasn't there for no other reason for that phone call, and to preserve that nation. He fulfilled God's purpose. Why, would, uh, uh, why is that, that recorded for us in history? Amen? He came to serve. Servants aren't looked upon by the world as great or mighty people, but in the kingdom of God, God says, if you would be the greatest, be willing to be the least. Because the least in the world is the greatest. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.